Hey guys, just a disclaimer, this episode does mention sexual assault, so if you are a listener who will not like to listen to that, this is not the episode for you. Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Liv. And this is Case Closed? Question mark. to another episode of Case Closed. First of all, I want to start by saying thank you again for all of our listeners, and uh, we're really excited. I mean, we've... uh, Hopefully by the time this goes out, we'll be at 200. That's my goal. That's our goal. Right now, we're at 167 listens, um, and we're real excited. I mean, it was... When we, we it we're like kids on Christmas every day when we, when we click that open, and we hope that, you know, we see another uh, listen... And then we're, we're super excited to find other weirdos like us. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And also, we're just excited that it's not everybody's like you know, not everybody's from the United States. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's like twelve percent of our viewing is Great Britain. Yeah, which is uh, awesome. Uh, I didn't know you guys wanted to listen to anything Americans uh, wanted to put out, but um, I'm I'm happy to have you here, and we're we're excited. Um, so we're gonna get right into it today. Yeah. Um, we, uh, this is part two of the Phoebe Hanshaw case, where we will also be talking about some other interesting things that connect to her case as well. Yeah. Um, but we're going to start out with, we talked about last week mainly what went down, how, you know, the questions surrounding her death, and this week, you know, we're going to talk about, um, or this episode, we're going to talk about more of the stuff that happened after the fact yes. and her family's so just to kind of recap, Phoebe Hanstruck was a 24-year-old female who found herself in a very difficult relationship. She really wanted him to leave Aunt, who we talked about last time. And if you really, if you listen to part one, that's a really good place to start. I'm just going to give you a really quick overview. She was found deceased at the bottom of a trash chute with her cause of death being bleeding out from a almost severed foot. Sorry for the gruesomeness. Yeah. Um, and that was because of the trash chute. That wasn't, that didn't happen before. So um, just keep that in mind. You know, she, she died under mysterious circumstances. Um, could it have been suicide? Absolutely. But one thing I want to mention, there's not really a whole lot to talk about because it really didn't change a whole lot, unfortunately. Um, there were some big things that happened after her death and in, that involved the coroner's um, act. And in 2016, the family really started pushing, uh, Phoebe's family really started pushing for the coroner's act to be reviewed. Okay, so at this point in 2016, there were several families where families felt like the decision by the coroner was not accurate. But there had only been one appeal of the coroner's findings in Victoria since 2008. That's a huge time to not have anybody be able to question anything. So some of the things that came after that were they did get the inquest. The coroner's assistant disagreed with the coroner and did believe that they couldn't close the case as a suicide. Everything was actually an option. It could have been murder. It could have been, you know, there were a lot of things that could have 
taken place that wasn't mentioned in the first yeah. one. Uh, and they did get an extension of time um, that was passed for appeals. I mean, it went from 28 days to three months. So that was pretty, that was pretty big. And the Handshake family is still fighting about the Coroner's Act. But because of their work, what happens in this next part of the case, it really showed how much has changed since the time that Phoebe died. Um, how it was handled, and their work with the Coroner's Act kind of set the precedent for what happened with Bailey. Yeah. Um, it, it's so different. Obviously, like, it's different down there, the way that things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about it briefly in the last episode where, you know, the, the coronal finding um, said, like, is basically, like, set in stone, and mm-hmm. that's very... That's it. That's okay. it. You know, that's the end-all, be-all when it comes to the case. And, but, you know... Phoebe's family, you know, working to kind of get things uh, worked on legislation, things like that, to kind of make it a little more like, okay, like, we can kind of contest this a little bit and we can work um, to kind of get a better solution out of it. Obviously, I mean, it didn't change what happened, or at least it didn't change the report, but it definitely put more um, doubt in the minds of people and, you know even though the, the coroner's assistant didn't necessarily um, say definitively what it was that right. killed her. Right, it was her. the assistant that really kind of pushed for it. Right. And what was interesting is in the very first coroner's report, they did. They didn't agree. So for them to come back and say, again, hey, I don't agree with you. Let's look at this again, really kind of shows how flippant they were with this case. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that she was young. Yeah. She was an addict that wasn't all she was, but she was an addict. Yeah. And unfortunately, I know we see a lot in America, but I think this is actually a global issue. If you are an addict and you're struggling with any mental health issues concerning those type of things, especially those type of things, if you're an addict, um, especially people just kind of toss you out like trash. They really don't care. They think it's your choice. You chose to do this. And if you had a bad outcome, that's because of you. And, we really haven't changed as a society, especially in America, you know, looking at people like that. We, th- we see that a lot with um, sex workers. They're, yeah. you know, sick, they're often called less human. They right. pass away and they're like, okay, whatever. Um, obviously, Phoebe was not a sex right. worker, but I think her case was kind of handled in that way where people look at her case and, you know, they're very gung-ho about, okay, we know who this was and we're going right. to we're gonna do her justice or she was just a drug addict that he tried to save. So it's very one or the other yeah. when it comes to her. Um, and we'll see with Bailey. Yeah, so um, just listen closely when it comes to Bailey because I think you'll see a lot of parallels in her story and in you know the type of person she was mm-hmm. um and obviously you'll see one <laughs> glaring similarity between the two of them um, but let me just give you a quick little overview of who bailey schneider was so um, bailey schneider she was 25 years old she was um also from australia melbourne australia um and she was a part-time model she was um she worked at, she worked as a dental assistant, and she was in school, uh, studying to be a uh, what was it? A clinical esthetician. Yeah, clinical esthetician, 
which I had to look up before this show because I had no idea what that was. And uh, my lovely wife so precious. explained it to me. Also told me how to say it the right way. Because <laughs> what did you say? The I said a statistician. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's also a real job. A statistician. I feel they like work that with is statistics. But yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so she was she was 25 years old. She was you know somebody who was really trying to make her own kind of way in life. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, also much like Phoebe, she had a lot of skeletons in her closet. She had a lot of things that she was dealing with. And that led up to what transpired on the morning of June 24th, 2018. So this is eight years after Phoebe's death. And we're going to backtrack a little bit to nine months before her death. Uh, Nine months before her death, Bailey Schneider started dating then 51-year-old Anthony Hample. Yay! Dun-dun-dun. It's Ant! So glad he can make an appearance. Anthony Anthony Hample shows up again. And I think at this point you're starting to understand what I mean by when I show parallels. Uh, Her and Anthony uh, basically met in the same way you know, like he was, an, he's, you know, through events and things like that, um, through her, you know, being a part-time model and he was an events coordinator, they kind of met in that sort of way and they started a nine-month, you know, they had a nine-month relationship and in those nine months, you know, they were always, you know, frequently in contact. Mm-hmm. They even took two trips together. Um, they were, you know... In, in Bailey's eyes, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. And so let me continue with the morning of the 24th, though. On the morning of the 24th of 2018, June 24th, 2018, after a night out with Aunt, Bailey was hanging out on the couch in her parents' house, just talking on the phone, hanging out with the dog, nothing weird. Mm-hmm. The night before, when she had gotten home, when she had supposedly been out with Aunt, her mother, uh, Sabine, had basically noticed how distraught her daughter was because her and Aunt decided to end their relationship. Mm. Um, it was very, you know, one of those just, I mean, she I mean, she's 25 years old. Obviously, breakups can be dramatic at any age, but, you know, she was going right. through a lot. And she just kind of felt really kind of taken aback by this whole situation. Right. But it also kind of reminds me of Phoebe, too, right. because, you know, they weren't together very long before they started having a tumultuous relationship. Right, exactly. So that really didn't, that doesn't shock me. Right, exactly. Yeah, nine months is not a long time. And the fact that... It's longer than we've been married. I mean, it's longer than... Longer than we've you know been dating and married. I mean, it's it's crazy, but um, but at the same time, you know, nine months is not a long time to you know be going through what they went through in the relationship. Right. right. Um. So, but by that morning, when her mother and father saw her, um, her mother Sabine had basically said that she seemed more level-headed. Mm-hmm. She was in better spirits than she was the night before. Then her parents decided they were going to go for a trip to the shops, just kind of do some, like, you know, regular day shopping. I, think nothing, I saw one place where it was grocery shopping. Like grocery something. shopping, something yeah. like that. Yeah, nothing crazy. 
And so it was a very short shopping trip. They weren't gone for too long, but they were gone long enough. And unfortunately, when her parents arrived home, they found Bailey dead on the kitchen floor with her body propped up against the kitchen cabinets with a golden rope around her neck. There were no signs of forced entry into the house. Nothing seemed out of place. Her parents saw that there was a bottle of wine on the table that was about three quarters of the way empty, um, which I think, you know, can see sort of the right. parallels when you of... you think uh, about the glasses found in Phoebe's in apartment. In Phoebe's apartment, things like that. A coronal finding would deem Bailey's death as suicide in the form of self-asphyxiation by way of hanging. Even though... When found, she was on the floor. Wasn't she like 5'9"? Yes. She was like relatively tall for a girl. I'm 5'5". Five, five. Right. So if you think about four inches taller than me, which I know you guys can't see me. Right. I would be... I mean, I'm 5'11". Five, I'm five like, right. And like, it's 5'9 for a girl is tall. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, it's... We'll get more into that later on in like our in what our theory is of what kind of went, right, went but down. Just, I mean, but like, imagine that. Out of basic math. Yeah. To be tall, to be hanging, and that right. would be a thing. It would have to be, should be hanging from something taller right. than five nine, and there was something right. in the kitchen that was that. Tall. And like the rope was like not big enough to really be. Right. There like, was. It was. It didn't seem it was like interesting. A, yeah, for sure. So that right there, obviously, I mean, you're seeing the correlation where there's definitely some weird, just kind of eerie feelings about the whole situation. Um, but this was the end of a life that over the last several months, she had really been having a lot of issues. And, you know, to be honest with you, it, it really started to become clear that she was really kind of spiraling. Um, in the months, you know, leading up to her death, uh, Bailey had been sort of kind of really into the, the Melbourne party scene. Mm -hmm. um, she, um, you know, then that had a lot to do with it her relationship with Ant. You know, he's an event promoter. Obviously, they probably go to parties a lot and, you know, things like that. And it was at those events where she started to really kind of, you know, get into heavy drugs. Mm -hmm. um, she started consuming alcohol a lot. Um, she, a lot of people were talking about how she was going through a lot of self-esteem issues. Right. Um, you know, this was a, you know, very, you know, very beautiful girl. Mm -hmm. She had, you know, an Instagram following where people, you know, and she was a model and all that stuff, but she was going through a lot of issues. Right. I mean, she definitely was somebody who had some things going on. Um, she was pretty tight lipped. You know, they said towards the end of her life, like her family didn't really know much about her personal life outside of, you know, the house, but her family, I think, you know, started to see... She reminds me of Phoebe. I think, right. and I'll probably say that a lot through this episode, but she just, even kind of personality-wise, other than the fact that Phoebe was super outgoing and wanted her family to know what was going on, Bailey kind of seems like the kind that struggled with a lot of the same things that Phoebe did, but handled it the exact normal way that most people probably would. Um, 
Right. You're either going to be a Phoebe or a Bailey when it comes to some of those instances. You're going to be very outspoken or you're going to hide it. There's really going to be no in-between. Right, yeah, no. But, you know, I think it was for her family. They were clearly seeing that she was going through a lot. And, um, you know, she... Yeah, um, Flynn agrees. (laughs) I'm sure you heard that huff in the background. Um, Her family definitely saw what was going on. um, And they even convinced her to move back in with her parents like like her parents convinced her to move back in so that at least they could kind of keep an eye on her right. and have her nearby and help her if she really needed it um but what they didn't realize was that she started working um at a strip club yes. um and obviously you know i think people can understand if you're working at a strip club you probably get introduced to a lot of awkward situations you could really I mean, you're not in the best of company for sure. right exactly i mean most of the time i think you're not really going there to be a nice human being uh, but uh you know it, it it definitely can lend to a more seedier uh group of people um not all the time not all before the time. you come at us it's just right you know some stereotypes tend to be more true than others right. and unfortunately i have had family members and people I have known work in these establishments. Right. And I can 100% tell you that based off of their experiences alone, those stereotypes are very true. Unfortunately now, true. The actual performers are not bad people. Right, exactly, and a lot yeah. of the time they really are doing it to provide maybe for a family at home or maybe they're a single mom and they're struggling or whatever they are still people and they still have reasons that they do what they do but unfortunately those who go to see them and pay them for their services are not great and a lot of these girls go through so much trying to make a living this way that you know and that and that definitely kind of adds to the stress in her life i mean she's she's not in the best situation, but she's doing what she can to get by and that, you know, it's clear that she's, you know, she was trying to make a a change in her life because she started to get back into school. Like I said, you know, she was working um, as a dental assistant as well. So that, you know, she was had, she had other stable things going on in her life that her family were, you know, her family was happy that, she was doing that, but they didn't realize all the other stuff that she right. was that she was doing, and all the stuff that you know was going on uh, outside of the you know the things that they could see. Right. She. There was an incident that I wanted to talk about in terms of like the well, this is a quick one. Um, in the weeks leading up to her death, um, there was an incident where she had received basically a really deep cut on her arm there wasn't a lot of information about necessarily what happened but police and i guess her family kind of thought it was possible that it might have been a suicide attempt it's very possible yeah i just kind of from my community college psychology not even degree because i didn't do that i i do like to point out that a lot of times again with suicide they don't not that that is not a form of suicide, just for her personality type, I feel right. like it would have been, again, she's an addict. She probably wouldn't try to self-harm to the point of death. Not that self-harm wasn't part of her, you know, makeup when it comes to right. um, 
her psychology because we saw that with Phoebe. Phoebe did admit to her mom yeah. that she self-harmed. But I don't know that one deep cut on her arm would have been the way that she chose to end her life, especially because she's a model and appearance right. is so big to her that it just doesn't fit the 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 profile that is created right. for her. I, and the one of the things that I you know I thought about too was obviously with the line of work that she's in too. It's possible that she could have gotten that from like maybe she got into an altercation with with somebody at the club. Right, trying either trying to take her. Right, or exactly. That like, happens a lot. Right, like, we see that you yeah. know in a lot of other cases because performers aren't always sex workers. Right. So that and I think that gets misconstrued yeah. a lot. And especially people who go to these clubs go, well, I'm paying you, so you're coming with me. And they don't take into consideration that's not their job. They are not getting paid, you know, that some of them choose to do that as well, and that is their choice. But I don't believe that we were necessarily talking about that with her. Right, exactly, yeah. There was never any sort of, like, thought that she was anything other than just working at a strip club. Right. Um, but it's very possible, like, yeah, like, obviously, like, you know, it could end up being something that people thought about. Right. But it's possible that she had gotten into an altercation with that or, you know, whatnot, but she's in the party scene. So, so anything could have happened with that. But real, real, you know, briefly, you know, I want to talk about her relationship with Anne. Um, as I said earlier, I mean, they barely considered it a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like in general, I mean, nowadays it's so hard because people think relationships are always weird nowadays in this modern era. I right. Mean, like, it, what are we? What are we going to yeah, do? What yeah. are we? Exactly. I mean, you I know. love that phrase. What are we? Right. I mean, us, for example, like our first, <laughs> our first date, we didn't even know if it was a date. <laughs> You know, yeah. we both... We were the perfect example of the one. Right, we? exactly. I mean, we both went into that wanting it to be a date. But, but you were my boss, sir. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but, you know, it, it just... It turned out, you know, that in her mind, she thought they were in a serious relationship with their boyfriend-girlfriend. Right. Aunt, that was a different story. According to Aunt and in... Several inter, you know, in his interview with the coroner's office, when it comes to when after after her death, um, and kind of downplayed their relationship. Right. He basically stated he felt it was more of a casual thing. Right. That you know he knew her from events and that they talked. Right. But that it wasn't anything serious. Right. But. They literally had numerous communications back and forth. Oh yeah, that for was nine months. Yeah. Leading up to her death. And they even, like I said earlier, they took two trips together. Right. I mean, listen, sure. And once again, in today's modern world, you can take a trip with a member of the opposite sex and it not be you two are a couple. Right. Or even a thing at all. Or a thing at all. But We both know people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take trips with other people. Like, it's fine. Exactly. It's very normal nowadays for... And in 2018, it was definitely normal for right. too. Right, exactly. I mean, we, yeah, exactly. We're talking about this. This was only 2018, people. Right. We're not talking about, like, what Phoebe's case was 2010. Right. Which was obviously only 10 years ago. But she still had Nokia. You know, that's right. such exactly. a big difference between yeah. those eight years that, you know. Yeah. So, but to, to him, he just kind of felt it wasn't that serious. But also, you got to remember the age difference between the two right. of them. I mean, Aunt was old enough to be her father. 
Right. I mean, let's yes. just be honest about that. Um, Ant is a guy who, you know, obviously had a relationship with Phoebe. Um, he had been married between the time that Phoebe died and then he met Bailey. Which I cannot find which anything is like, about. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, we, we, just before we started recording, we were trying to find any information and we could not, we only and found like. If you can, some crime, if you yeah. crime sleuths out there, I would love to know. Seriously. What you can find because the only thing I can find about Emily Williams is one link to a to interior designer that happened to have his last name attached to this article, but I still can't even guarantee you that that's her. Right. She moved to London, and I almost wonder if she changed her name because Anthony, all you if you start looking up Phoebe or Bailey, Anthony's name pops up everywhere, and then soon comes Emily's, but Emily doesn't pop up. I can't find a picture of her, and I'm sure she exists. There's got to be a Facebook profile somewhere. I'm just not looking hard enough, but, you know, that is very... Almost concerning to me in a way that either that she hasn't really spoken up on either side of the matter. Well, and I know she's the ex-wife, but yeah. e- either you think it's an ex-wife that's scorned and she wants to speak right. out and say one thing or another, or, you know, I have my own theory about that in a minute. But. Right. I mean, like, to be honest with you, she could have just seen Ant for who he is. He's a narcissistic, you know, human right. being that doesn't care about anything but himself. So, I mean, it, it's very possible that she, she just basically was like i don't want anything to do with you right i'm gonna change my name back and right. whatever you know we and i'll go some i'm gonna go somewhere else you live your life enjoy right. it and it's very possible it's obvious it doesn't look like they had any kids together or anything no. like that so it's it's very easy to cut ties like that especially yeah. nowadays it's very normal right for just people to to get divorced and just never speak to their right. ex again you know it happens Especially if she's moving away. But yeah, if you guys out there listening to this, especially the people in, you know, Australia. in Australia and Great Britain, yeah, um, if you if you, know Emily. if you know anybody or you have any connection, I would, we would love to lo- talk. To oh her. my gosh, yeah, we would love it. It would be so awesome. But um, more on that, you know, later in terms of theories. Yeah. But before we get to the night before Bailey's death. There is a story that I want to share. So, um, like we said, the months leading up to Bailey's death, there was so much going on. Right. Um, Just very strange things. Right. This one in particular is probably the most striking and the most... When I read it, I got chills, like, kind of... Because it's just such a terrifying experience. Right. That I can't even imagine what it would have been like for her to go through this. Right. So there wasn't any specific timeline. It was when this happened. But I believe it was in the weeks leading up to her death. Mm-hmm. One night, Bailey and her, you know, there was a family. There was a there was an event going on at Bailey's parents' house. It was just like a party. And uh, a man showed up at Bailey's house. And when this man showed up, he didn't go to the front door. He didn't, like, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, anything like that. This man went straight to the back of the house and came in as if he knew the place. Right. Came in as if he was, you know, it was normal and that this was something he did all the time. And this is corroborated by Bailey's brother, Nick. Right. Um, she's, he saw the guy and he was there at the party, so 
when the man comes there, he asks for Bailey, and Bailey, um, you know, seemed to recognize him, seemed to know who this man was, and left with him voluntarily. Now, not a single person at this party, including her brother, could identify or say that they recognized this man. Right. Nobody. Um, so even though that was the case, Bailey left with him. And right. they went out to a car. And when she got into the car, she sent Aunt a text message. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, she also sent him another one. Now, there's no record anywhere that we could find of what was said in those text messages. But whatever she said in those text messages... Aunt seemed worried, mm-hmm. which um, that's a new one for us, you know. Who knew? Who knew he had a, an ability to worry? Um, but he worried so much that he decided to um, call uh, Bailey's sister, Lily, and see if she could kind of do some investigating for him and, you know, see what was going on. And when Lily finally got a hold of Bailey to talk to her, Bailey told her something just shocking and terrifying. Bailey told her sister that early that morning in a hotel in Albert Park, which is in in an area in Melbourne, she was sexually assaulted by a man. Now, she did not say that the man who picked her up was necessarily the man that sexually assaulted her, but she just said that she had been sexually assaulted in a hotel by a man. Right. Um, obviously, being a great sister, or just honestly, just a great human being, she told Bailey, we need to tell the police about this. Right. You know, we need to, you know, put a report in. Bailey agreed to put in a report, but on one condition. And that condition was not to tell Aunt. Right. And... It's funny, like, at first, like, in my head, I'm thinking, why wouldn't you, like, tell your boyfriend, or at least who you think your boyfriend is, what happened? But then I'm thinking, but but then I'm thinking, it kind of makes sense, like, you're, you're scared, you don't know how somebody's going to react. Right. Um, but. And especially knowing the type of, as we know, the type of person that Aunt is. Right. And her line of work. I couldn't imagine him being compassionate about at it. all. Yeah. I think he would blame her. He would and I probably, think she knew that. And, and that hold on to that thought. You know that that's that's something to hold on to. So she agreed. Um, they they filed a police report. So finally, the um, detectives got a hold of Bailey to um, talk about what had happened and asked, you know, what it what had occurred that night. And when Bailey. Talked to them, she decided to recant her story. Right. And decided she was not going to press charges on this mystery man. Right. And that was it. And honestly, you know, without giving too much detail about, you know, circumstances that, you know, I I know that going to police in general... Yeah, doesn't have a great outcome most right. of the time. So I honestly, even that, well, we can look at that from a bystander and go, well, how did, how, why, why would you not, why would you not want justice for yourself right. if you knew what women had to go through yeah. when it comes to these type of, you know, allegations and reports? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, we unfortunately live in a world where, you know, still, still to this day, you know, 
and we talked about it earlier and when, when you know when it comes to people who are in involved in like you know she worked in a strip club and right the, like and unfortunately they're gonna automatically cops will automatically assume she either asked for it right. or she didn't get paid for something and that when I, she should have. And when yeah, I think like of, that she yeah, was trying to sell. Exactly. And when I think about it, it reminded me, when you were talking about it earlier, it reminded me of the uh, of the Long Island uh, mm-hmm. serial killer case, yeah. which, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it sometime. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of you who, you know, like me are from um, up north there and from remember the, uh, you know, it was a string of prostitutes that were right. um, found dead and mutilated in, along a highway in... Um, Long Island, and there's it's a crazy one. There's a great, great book. Uh, I forget the author's name, but it's called The Lost Girls. Um, and there's a Netflix uh, movie about it as well. Definitely check that out. It's a really good book. Yeah. Um, for all you uh, true crime people like us. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'd be here for a true crime. Right. Movie. Exactly. Um, but it, it it's unfortunately the world we live in. Right. You know when you have that sort of. When you when you go that and route, that's nothing new. You can go right. back as far as time. Prostitution exactly. was the first job. Right. So I just. But nowadays everything's so, like, because of the advent of, of technology and, right. and, and everybody internet, knows everybody knows everything. everything. Um, you know, it's just it, it's crazy. Right. Um. So now we're gonna talk about uh the night before, um Bailey died. Yeah. Um. So. On the night before her death, um, Bailey was, um, you know, seen leaving earlier in the, uh, well, she talked to her mother earlier in the evening and was leaving to go to what she had told her mother was an event with Aunt. Right. To meet up with him and, you know, have a night out. And instead, she actually went to the strip club that she had been working at. Um, like And like we said, like a lot of this stuff she was keeping away from her parents. Right. Because she wanted to kind of keep a little bit of privacy, even though she was there. And it's understandable. I mean, like we've said. Um, so she went to work, and there's multiple eyewitnesses uh, that have her leaving the club at 1.30 in the morning. Right. After leaving the um, club, she then went to um, a party at an, uh, in an apartment unit that was... And it was an event being thrown by a man named Keith Ridgway. Right. And Keith Ridgway um, is another event promoter and knows Ant very well. Right. Um, they worked together at the same promotion company at one point. Right. So they know all, a lot of the same people right. and, you know, a lot of the, you know, you know, hang out in the same kind of group. And remember her job is also being a model. So her hanging around promoters is not shocking. Right. She's trying to get jobs. Yeah. And events don't necessarily always mean like right. DJs or whatever. Events can kind of mean anything that have yeah. to do with high profile people. So her being around those type of people is yeah. not shocking. You got to You got to network in order to get right. yourself out there. And like, obviously she has aunt who she is in a relationship with, but maybe she doesn't necessarily feel as comfortable going to him to try and like get right, him to promote her. Or maybe she's just trying to like, or she's just trying to expand her right. her, her her um. Or she's just going to party. Right. You don't exactly. really know. I mean, it's one thirty in the morning. At that point, people are drunk. Right. People are, you know, she's going to have fun, and I believe that that night was not necessarily a networking night, just right. because of the time. If she had got there at ten or ten thirty, right. I could have kind of seen that a little bit more. But yeah, but at one thirty in the morning, most people probably at that are, are going to be schloss. Yeah. I mean, so. It was then she stayed at that party and left that party around 8 a.m. Right. Um, and it was at that point when 
she went home to her parents' house. She has the, you know, the interaction with her mother where... And, and, very distraught. And very distraught. And let, let me clarify, Aunt was not at this party that he right. went to. He just knew. That, that she went to. He just knows the guy and, um, you know, we're in no way implementing this guy, Keith Ridgeway. In, right, he's in been this. cleared. He's been cleared. But, you know, it's just... It's you. We, we want to kind of put it out there that he knew. Right. Um, they knew but each other. Ant was not at this party, and he um, was but not. But she almost strikes me as more odd than not. Right. Because he is a promoter, so yeah. I feel like, and especially if it's a guy you work with, it it shocks me that he wasn't there unless he had. You know, they say he wasn't there at all. But what if he did come for a minute? Or, right. I mean, we you don't know, know. We know that they weren't there at the same time. But right. again, you're talking about. Not all promoters are like this, but if you think about that type of work, you are drinking and you are trying yeah. to make connections and you are doing so. How reliable can those sources 100% right. be? I don't know. You know, I, I'm not saying that people aren't reliable. I just kind of feel like we also have to take the entire environment into consideration when talking about those things because if if you were in that scenario and you're a promoter. And you are throwing these big parties that are lasting until apparently 8 a.m. You right, know definitely yeah. 1.30. What are you doing? You're not playing board games and, right. you know, murder mysteries and Clue. You know, you're, you're, you're drinking and you're partying and there's probably drugs and there's probably things going yeah. on that, like, whether the promoter themselves are doing, that is what's going on around them. So. Right. So she gets home. That's when her mother, you know, kind of talks about how she was very distraught. Right. You know, she had talked about her and aunt had broken off their relationship. At some point in the, and there was a lot, and I mean a lot of communication right. between Bailey and Aunt between those hours that her mother had seen her first when she was leaving to go to the strip club to when she got home and was distraught about their breakup. Right. And so that was at 8 a.m. You know, she gets home and has that thing. And later that morning, after their little trip, is when. Parents would come back and find her deceased. So, at this point, I mean, I don't know if you want to go yeah, if you want to go good. more into like what we're, our theories are. Kind of, I'll I'll let you okay. start with what you think and about in terms of theories of what you think went down with this. Okay, so let me kind of backtrack. One thing I didn't really mentioned a whole lot in the first episode and this is the reason why I didn't just leave it out to leave you guys like hanging there is a theory with Phoebe that of the mysterious man and you can find this online I've I've seen it both ways whether he was a worker or somebody who dressed up as a worker or he was just somebody who got into the building that came and maybe that guy on you know this random guy got in the elevator found Phoebe could have been a drug dealer or something going wrong, and he's the one who could have killed Phoebe. And that's very plausible. Um, I mentioned before with the lady in the um, the building that worked there that was getting flowers every week Yeah. Um, from somebody that Aunt knew that was connected to Aunt in some way. I won't really get into that, but was connected to him. And, you know... We don't know who the mysterious man is. It might not be him, but if there's people on Aunt's behalf giving flowers to the front desk lady and not Aunt himself, it kind of makes me it's start thinking. Weird, yeah, yeah, it makes me start thinking about okay, well, 
why? Yeah, like, why you are you... You live in this building, right. and if you're that upset about somebody finding your girlfriend like that, why are you not the one who's giving her flowers and saying, I'm so sorry you had to see that? That doesn't make sense to me. So, with Bailey, she has so many of the same, you know, tr- triggers and point, you know, red flags that Phoebe does that I almost wonder if when Ant gets tired of them and realizes in his sick little brain that he can't save them, he has them killed. Right. And the reason being is he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Yeah. He's from a very prominent family. Right. With, you know... And, and, and conveniently, again, he has an alibi. He has an alibi. Saying that he was at an event in the city... And so he, right. you know, and there's people that and there's the alibi for Phoebe, right? That he was out, you know, at in meetings all because day because of the key fob, right? right? Exactly. And the key but fob, yeah. that doesn't mean that he didn't have something to do with it. And I think people have caught on to that, especially with Bailey's case, because her case, while initially ruled a suicide, was very quickly changed into a homicide investigation, right? And that was something very different than what happened with Phoebe. And I think that was a precedent. It's because when you look at Phoebe's case, if they had dropped it at that point, it'd be poor pitiful aunt. He's had two girlfriends die. But they pushed and they pushed and they got people and they've got podcasts and they've got websites all yeah. dedicated to trying to figure out what actually happened to Phoebe. That Bailey's case was taken more seriously. Yeah. I will bring up the thing, too, about you know her sexual assault. She left with somebody willingly. We don't know who it was or why she left with them. Could he have been somebody that Aunt knew and then, you know, he taken her somewhere and, you know, God forbid that happened to her almost as a way of saying, you're a stripper, how dare you? And this is what will happen if you right. stay in this job. And the reason I'm going there with that, as awful as that is, is you got to remember, he made Phoebe leave her job at this high-end hair salon because it wasn't good enough for him. Yeah, we're talking now about he's that, dating. Yeah. yeah, now he's dating a 25-year-old stripper going... It now, so it just kind of it makes me wonder if that was how he was trying to teach her a lesson. He's very, very narcissistic. He's got an entire website dedicated to himself. Oh yeah, it's it's and he's it's, he's, it's a, a, he's he's a big big like. I, he's definitely a guy who, unfortunately, and there's too many people out there like this, and you know I feel like I know people who are like this. They prey on weak. Yeah. And that they see a girl like Bailey, they see a girl like Phoebe who he really just wants the love and attention that he's willing to right. get. But unfortunately, he takes advantage of that. Right. And he decides, well, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fix this girl and I'm gonna, you know, make her a better human being. But unfortunately, so far, his track record hasn't been good. Right. He's got Lightning doesn't strike twice in right. the same place. He's got two ex-girlfriends that have both died under suspicious causes, and he's got a failed marriage. Right. This doesn't sound like a guy who really knows how to fix anything. I would love to talk to Emily, his ex-wife, right. just because I want to know how he was with her. And I almost wonder if it was so opposite, and that's why they didn't work out, is because she decided it was the end of it. And I mean, I don't know this. We right. can't really find much about her. But my theory on her is almost that she said, I'm not going to involved in this anymore and I wonder if the family paid her off because otherwise these are such high profile cases in Australia that for her to go to London and just I'm not having anything to do with this 
first of all, it tells me she's not a sellout, and I I commend her for that. Right, because, yeah. You know, I, as much as I want to know, like, good for her. But second, I can't imagine the family letting her go to London and just be comfortable with that decision right. without being, oh, don't you think Aunt's so great? And can you just talk about how wonderful he is? You know, I know it didn't work out with y'all, but can we just blame it on this and this? Right. But for nothing to have come out, like there was no cheating scandal, there's nothing that has anything linked to her. I, yeah. I almost wonder if she was just kind of yeah. paid to be. I, and I, yeah, I definitely think it's it would be interesting to see. But going back to, you know, what you said about the guy, it it kind of makes sense because right. we talk about, you know, like I said, there was no sign of forced entry. Right. And like no I said, in the story, there's no sign of forced entry with Phoebe either. Um, but like I said with the story earlier, the guy that she went with, she went willingly with. Right. It's very possible that it was the same man. Right. And that this man she knew and he came in. Right. And... And she met him at one of Aunt's parties. And I couldn't imagine Aunt not having a bodyguard, especially with his dad being a Supreme Court retiree. Right, like you're probably... Their whole family probably has bodyguards. Even oh, if it's sure. just the one, yeah. you know, especially in the U.S., you know, we just saw what happened with the judge um, yeah. and the, the son and the, the husband. But, like, you know, bodyguards are very common, and that's... Yeah. You know, I could not imagine them not having some form of security or people that just surround him... Yeah. For those type it, of purposes. Yeah, when you're a high-profile person, it's it's absolutely normal to be watched and guarded at all times. Right. Because you never know what's going to happen. And you think about, you know, Anthony's sister. She's a drug trafficker. Right. And for her to be kept safe in those scenarios right. and the family not to know about it and not worry about her being put back in the general public yeah. after that happens you know she's the one who didn't get charged with this but there were people in that case that did yeah. um she's definitely got enemies now but you think about that and they just let her kind of go back to her house she's got protection you right, know exactly. she, they wouldn't let her they wouldn't let the daughter go back to her house if she wasn't protected so same thing with aunt right. you know things start coming out about him they're gonna make sure he's even more protected yeah so i mean like the no sign of forced entry obviously and then the fact that she died of asphyxiation. Right. They're saying it's self-asphyxiation and that it had to do with hanging, but... There, there was, was nothing for her to hang from, from in the kitchen. Now, there was another case I did hear about that somebody did commit suicide by wrapping the rope around their neck and tying it to a count, like, um, the kitchen counter like on the drawer or something mm -hmm. and somehow keeping the drawer closed and sliding down yeah. to the point where it did you yeah. know they did but, but that's it's it, for her to do that takes a lot yeah. and again we're talking about somebody who uses who abuses you know alcohol and drugs right if she was intending to kill herself i don't think she would have taken the extra effort it would have taken to make sure something wouldn't close or break or whatever right. to try and hang herself in the kitchen. And and like and what I forgot to mention obviously I mean I talked about the wine. Her blood alcohol level was more than three times the legal limit, they said. Which and, is what Phoebe's was. Which is what Phoebe's was. And obviously we take we talked about it before, like alcohol level like numbers Changes. can be can change obviously through, you know, over a period of time. But I, I just don't feel like if you're that intoxicated, you're not you're, gonna, not thinking. you're not thinking about oh let me tie this up to the to the to the, to the drawer right, right. And, and 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 slide down like you're gonna find a quicker way and to they do didn't it. find her like that right they, they found, found her slumped over slumped over on the floor right 
And so it wasn't, the rope wasn't tied into the counter. Right, it wasn't, and she didn't hold it above her neck right. to do it because, you know, there's there's your survival instinct. Right. Could it happen? Absolutely. Sure. But, but I mean, more I More than likely you're just going to make yourself You're going to stop. Yeah, oh, yeah, or you'll stop because right. your brain, you know, there's, you think about drowning. This is something we talk about in my psychology class. Like when you're, when people think that drowning is how they want to go and they try to commit suicide that way, your instincts kick in and you fight. Right. And so a lot of people cannot actually do it that way. Drowning and association are different, but the sure. same kind of idea where you're not breathing. So your entire body is going to fight to breathe. Her holding a cord above her head, above her neck, trying to kill herself seems very implausible. Right. Especially being intoxicated. Yeah. And so in 2000... In 2020, this year actually, mm-hmm. so in 2020, the um, the coroner's office did a review of the case, and um, this was done by another like woman in the office, right. and they decided that yes, even though they had deemed it a homicide um, at first, they did kind of more lean towards it being a death that was yes out of the ordinary and not very clear about how she did it but they changed their that's really changed their finding to be more of it not a homicide right more of a suicide likely um which is interesting i mean obviously we keep talking about it but the family the family that aunt comes from i mean they have a lot of pull Right. And so it's very possible that they saw the writing on the wall and then in this coronal review, they decided to drop th- it. They decided to get them to be like, hey, like, don't don't ruffle feathers. Right. You know, don't don't change the view or like change it from homicide to suicide. To suicide. Don't make it obvious. And that's how, you know, when they did the, the final review of it, they said, yes, while it's very unclear how she died and it was very odd. It wasn't necessarily suspicious in terms of a right. homicide. Take with that what you you may. I mean, to me. Do you think it's a suicide? Do you think? Right. Yeah. Should, I mean, there, I just I feel like if you had one girlfriend die under mysterious circumstances and you really honestly had nothing to do with it, having a second one seems near impossible. Yeah. And also repeating history. When you pick up another, you know, young 20-year-old or, you know, young 20s who is struggling, who has addiction issues, who, you know, is very vulnerable, and then you choose to take that on knowing that you're not really going to help them. Yeah. You know, he's he's not 20-something, too. Mm-hmm. He's twice their age. He knows what he's doing. Right. And, and then my next question is how many more? Right. Because, you know, he didn't cut. As a promoter, you know, I'm sure he comes across plenty of aspiring models and actresses and musicians and strippers for the people that, you know. Well, he, he's, events, yeah. Right. Because he's he's got to entertain them. You know, that that's not unheard of. Right. You know, especially with the bigger you get, you know, the more high profile, where, you know, we see that in other cases where, you know, they, they, they like to indulge themselves in some adult yeah. entertainment. So, you know, how many other girls are there? Right. And how many, you know, suspicious circumstances are there? Again, I don't 
no. I mean, I think with Phoebe's case, it makes much more sense for him to do it because, again, with the key fob, just somebody just let him in. Right. I think, especially with the still knocks being his, I think he probably did get in an altercation with her and drug her. She'd yeah. go in a coma-like state and he'd shove her down the, the trash. What I think this one shows is, obviously, what, where there's smoke, there's friend, fire. Yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. Person. I mean, like, come on. You'd be crazy to think that there's no connection. Right. Um, but what I think this might show, and remember, I want to preface this by saying, this is all theory to us. Right. This is just what we think happened. But I think what this shows is a level of sophistication and 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 growing. Yes. Basically, he's learning what worked last time isn't going to work again this right. time. So he needs to make it look different than what it was last time. Right. Which, so, again, which is my question about who else. Right. Because you think about, um, was it the toy box killer who was found a couple of times on yes. different instances, but they never actually got the pin in? Yeah. You know, or Ted Bundy, like the, the cops caught, pulled him over a couple of times and never yeah. actually arrested him. You know, with I'm not calling him Ted Bundy. Right. I'm not calling him the toy box killer. I'm just saying with those instances, you can see a very clear line. Right. Of, they go from being sloppy to getting better at what they do. Right. And then they get sloppy again. Yeah. So I guess at this point, we just wait. And I really hope that there's not another girl we see pop up in a couple of years. You know, another girl that he has dated. Right. Yeah. I mean... With Bailey, I, do I think that he killed Bailey? No, I think that that was probably somebody he hired. To, and I think that that was probably either, either the same guy that came and picked her up from the back door right. or somebody else that it may not have even been connected to, to Phoebe. It might right. not have been the same person to do both. We don't know. Right. But, you know, we a lot of big name people like that that have crime in their family. It reminds me of a mafia almost, right? Because those families stay tight lipped, and you know they're they have their own people to do what they want yeah. them to do. And again, I'm not calling the Hamples mafia families, but right. they do have a lot of pull in Australia for sure. So it wouldn't shock me if we have a family in America that's like that, and everybody probably knows who I'm referring to that you know pulls a lot of. You know, yeah, a, a lot of things that is kind of a running joke of who it is. You know, right. so you know, it wouldn't shock me if in right. a couple of years we see another girl come out, and that's what gets them caught. And that, and that, that, folks, is why we're doing what we're doing. Right. We're trying to get more voices out there to talk about things like this, because and just a different perspective, because right. we're not lawyers. You know, no. we don't have we don't have any way of actually really going about this. I would love to make this something that we could do to help other people and For almost sure. be, not necessarily be PIs, but just come across things that we can look at it from a different angle. Uh, we're not unique in these circumstances. No, of course not. But kind of laying them out, maybe we'll get somebody else to think about something else we're not thinking about that can lead to something. Yeah. It's always it's always said that the more eyes and the fresh set of eyes that you get on a case, right. the more likely you are to find something that was missed before. Right. And that's what we're trying to do here. We, you know, obviously these true crime pockets, they're a dime a dozen. Yeah. I mean, there there are um, others that do the same exact thing that we're doing right now. But it doesn't matter because we all have the same goal. Right. And and that's that's getting the voices out there to and talk about. Gonna be different. And everybody's going to have a different view and everybody's going to, you know, go about it a different way. But I think in the end, everybody's trying to do the same thing. So 
that's that's it for this one. I mean, yeah. Give us your your take on it. You know, send us, us a message. Yeah, yeah, tell us how we're doing at this point. Um, but in the end, we hope you enjoyed these two episodes. And like yeah. we said, if you have any sort of idea about what's going on. Um, if you have any connection to this case, please contact us and let us know if you want to talk. Um, we would love to do that. Yeah. Um, or if you want us to cover any specific cases, it right. doesn't have to be like unsolved cases or right. things like that. That's kind of what we've gone with so far right. uh, because that's what we like to focus on. Um, but I would like to do like ghost stories too. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're kind of, you know. It's, yeah, it's a wide range, but um, give we us definitely feedback. definitely want to talk about the ones that are... Like, yes. that aren't necessarily solved or are solved, but don't really make sense. So. Yeah, so we're excited. Um, yeah. Our next case is a really, a really good one, and it's also a case that's close to home. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you want me to tell them? Go ahead. So the case that we will be covering on next week's episode. On Monday. On Monday will be the case of Faith Hedgepath. Yeah. Um, which was a case that took place here in North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, back in the early, I think it was the early to mid-2000s. Right. So um, still fairly recent. Um, and that case uh, is definitely an interesting one. Yeah. Um, it'll only be a one-parter. There's still a lot of information for that one, but we'll be able to pack it into one for yeah. you there. So um, the Faith Hedgepath case um, is one that I started kind of researching about a year and a half ago. I took a break on researching it, and now that we're doing this, we're back up and looking at it. So we're excited for that one. And uh, like like Liv said, if you have any cases that you want us to go over, yeah. let us know. Um, but that's going to be that. Um, so be ready, because the Faith Hedgebath case is one that is very tough to listen to. Yeah. So, uh... So to my friends that don't like gory or, like... I mean, I think we have some really good friends who listen, even though this is not their thing. Um, Right. All of our cases are not going to be as, how do we say, flowery as kind of the past two have been, because anybody who knows true crime, a lot of them are very gory and and very, you know... Very hard to talk about, and right. luckily these past really three cases, including you know Bailey, Adnan, and Phoebe, haven't been as rough as some of these other ones that are going to yeah. come up for and, sure. And particularly this next one, there are some things in it that will make you wretch a little bit. So yeah. be prepared. So once again, thank you guys, everybody that has listened so far, and we are excited for the season ahead. So. Uh, We will see you guys next time. And have a great week. Bye. All information presented in this podcast will be cited in the show notes. Music for Case Close, composed by Catastrophic Jones. Editing by Olivia McDonald. Case Close is produced by Sean and Olivia McDonald.